0: You're brown today takes everything you got taking a break from brown girls, let's all drink up a shot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Grab your phone and download the Budja Podcast. are the same. Assimilation where poachers put all the blame. You want to be where you can see. Problemas are the same. Assimilation where poachers put all the blame. Hey, and welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Cat I'm Charlene. And we finally got a proverbial shit together, Charlene. We had quite a month.
1: We did. And we're back. We're
0: back, though. And we had quite a month. And I kept joking with you, like, "What the? F- what is with the planets? What's going on that things are just fumbling?
1: Yeah, I, I have a, a really good friend who's all you know, she's into the planets and astrology and she's kind of my guru when it comes to those type of things. And I texted her like, what kind of planetary fuckery is happening right now? Because some shit is going on.
0: And what was the
1: answer? I, she, I, she gave me this sort of.
0: She's, she's all, uh, it's just you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? Everything's perfect. She she did give me some of this. Yes, yeah, something is going on. And then there was this sort of uh, tarot-y kind of answer that didn't really give me an answer, but was validating.
0: Well that's nice. At least yeah. you were validated by yeah. planetary fuckery. Yeah. And kind of planetary fuckery is part of what we're talking about today. It is. We are gonna shake things up a little bit. Normally we have two kind of topics and then a hay de nuevo this month because it's, you know, Olympic season. Olympic dun, dun, year. Dun. Um, we are doing Arquea de Nuevo, and that's going to be the dominant part of our conversation about the Olympics, yeah. uh, just different parts of it, ties to the borderland, um, things that are happening, things to keep our eyes out for. And also, we're going to talk about planet fuckery <laughs> uh, in terms of astrology. Yes. We had previously talked about astrology, but only when it came to Walter Mercado.
1: Que descanse en Paz.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time around, we're we're kind of diving deep, or a little bit deeper, and not, we'll just go there. We'll we'll go there in a little bit. We're getting but, personal. Yes. But otherwise, Charlene, how are things going other than planet fuckery? How are things?
1: General fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things have felt really hard lately. I definitely feel, um, it just feels like there's so many layers right now of, shitty or potentially shitty things either personally in my life or just in general with the world, you know, shout out Delta variant, um, (laughs) making me just uneasy and not happy. Same, same.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll say that's, that's about the same that's, that's going on here. We hope though that our hardcore fan base of all 10 of you are doing well (laughs) Um, in the face of everything that's happening, if you're not already uh, getting prepared for lockdown again, pandemonium, <laughs> it's probably going to happen within the next <laughs> couple months. Every so often, my mom will send a text being like, are you stocking up on this or that? Because she reads the news or she listens mm. to NPR and other things that are happening out there might domino affect our area. Sure. It is very true that our gas prices are soaring right now. Um mm-hmm.
1: Which, in fairness, normally in the summer, we see that anyway.
0: Yes, very true. We do have a plethora right now of wipes and sprays, but with the Delta variant, I am wondering if we're going to go into panic mode as as humans again.
1: Hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because people are funny like that. And especially because it's happened once, I think it will happen again.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and and maybe sooner rather than later
0: and crazier because we've already been through this like oh maybe, remember that time you, that we were fighting fisticuffs over toilet yeah remember
1: that time we all had to share you know one roll of toilet paper for six months like I don't want to be that guy again so I
0: think I'm going to go back to my six square quantum of toilet paper just to make sure that we have some I don't want to go overboard and go to Sam's and and start having like a Mm -mm. a shed full of tp for the pp but you know
1: yeah i see it i i can see it and there's still there are still just general issues with shipping and and getting things places and backups and all that kind of stuff so i don't know i i i want to have faith in the people i really do so you know come on people Get it together. Get it together for everyone's <laughs> sake. Yeah.
0: Just like we're getting it together because we missed our. Yes. <laughs> our last. Uh, um, weedy weedy, weedy. weedy. We kept, yeah. yeah.
1: we we had to we had to remix one from the past, which was a good one, but still we, it was not new content. So here we are. I know. Making so it right. T-
0: trying to practice what we preach. That's
1: right. Getting our shit together. Here so we
0: are. let's get into it then. So on the Bocha podcast this month, this is. Uh, the Episodio for August. Episodio 29. So let's jump right in. We are, again, we're mixing it up just a little bit. We're talking astrology, and then we're going to spend a good chunk of time in our Querida Nuevo on the Olympics. So astrology, what is astrology?
1: That's a very broad question.
0: So what what do we think it is versus what the Google tells us
1: it is? Right. So growing up, I think I, my mom would occasionally uh, look at her horoscope in the newspaper, right? The newspaper would have the daily horoscope mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you could look at it. I knew what my sign was. I'm a Libra. Uh, I knew what my sister's sign was and, and my mom. Um, and there are general characteristics that are, either fitting, um, you know, for that sign, and there's lots of ideas about why. But there is this, uh, I don't know, do you have a, like a, a good definition? I, that was my understanding growing up of what it was.
0: So my understanding of, of it is um, you look at the planets and that's supposed to tell us things about, characteristics about ourselves. And it's a very generalized characteristic about people who are born within whatever Mm -hmm. planetary happiness is happening so according to the Mm gugus the study of the movements and relative positions of celestial bodies interpreted as having an influence on human affairs and the natural world yes so not far off but i also thought of it as a kind of a kooky science because how can you make generalizations about people and whatever they've been through so for instance, as a Sagittarian, how can you make a generalization about people who are born in December-ish and say, we're all like, we all have these?
1: Mm-hmm. Because the stars. But why do the stars tell us? Why do the stars tell I,
0: us? I, I really don't know. That's that's a, an unanswerable in my brain.
1: Right. So it's definitely considered a pseudoscience um, by many. And there are some people who really, they live by this. Mm -hmm, This is a mm -hmm. a way they live their life. This is a way that they follow, um, you know, what might happen in their future or how to invest money or other pretty serious things like that.
0: So I see that as kind of a faith, like you're having a faith in Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And and not, to to be clear, yes, I think it is kind of a, I shouldn't say hokey, but I don't put as much faith in it, but also I'm superstitious. <laughs> I just am. Mm-hmm. So while I, it, it's a duplicity in me that I, I'll say like, ah, this can't be real, but also what's my daily horoscope to see how my day's going to be. Right. S- so I, I can't divorce myself completely from it, but same. also like me and how many million other people are sharing the same daily horoscope and l- adjusting our lives thereof.
1: And, and I will also say growing up, um, being Catholic and going to Catholic school, it was definitely not a thing that is uh, looked favorably upon by the church. Definitely something that says that is you putting your faith, like you're saying, into something that is not God and therefore is not appropriate or acceptable. And so would you say
0: that going back to what I had mentioned earlier, we have done an episodio um, that incorporated the passing and life and documentary of Walter Mercado. And so in the Borderlands it was and and elsewhere, but in our experience of Borderlands, Walter was almost an essential mm-hmm. for some individuals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And holding these same people were holding Catholicism or religion, but also holding onto what Absolutely. Walter had said or predicted.
1: Yes, a thousand percent. And and we during that episode, I think we definitely talked about um, many, many Latine people having this sense that our destinies are preset. Our destinies are not our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that sh- that plays into that mindset right that this is already whatever is going to happen to me is already gonna happen because of because god has the plan for me or because it's literally written in the stars whatever your thought process is it really feeds into that idea that we are not necessarily the controllers of our lives or or fate uh mm-hmm. that fate is yeah
0: no i i see that and and i do still see the ongoing influence of walter and astrology because it's mm-hmm. still as much as people might like in part like myself play it off as hokey people are still purchasing um their star sign they're still mm-hmm. purchasing um talking to like time talking to an astrologist to tell them about where their life is where they're headed or otherwise so it's still a thing it's still like a it's billion million dollar industry Mm
1: -hmm. billion million
0: yes whatever (laughs) i don't have the exact do i look like an accountant i only play one on
1: tv you're a sagittarius what are the supposed characteristics of a sagittarian okay so (laughs)
0: And I laughed at one of them because it was kind of, it was kind of, uh, hilarious. According to one of the sites, Sagittarius traits are strengths and weaknesses. So we'll look at those first. Our strengths, generous, idealistic, great sense of humor, which I think our executive producer might <laughs> kind of disagree. Our weaknesses, promising more than, than can deliver very impatient will say anything no matter how undiplomatic which is <laughs> which is sometimes very true. Mm. Sagittarius likes freedom, travel, philosophy, being outdoors. Mm. Sagittarius dislikes clingy people, being constrained, <laughs> off the wall theories, details. Ooh. So from your from your point of view, how much of that do you think is reflects me?
1: um I mean some of them yes I do think you do have a good sense of humor even though the dad jokes are a little much (laughs) um but I think you are you do enjoy philosophizing I think you are um what were some of the other ones
0: uh so generous idealistic
1: lover of freedom don't like to be constrained I can totally see that
0: yeah, and that does go hand in hand with my dislike of clingy people. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I can see that for sure. Though what I I, I looked up and Sagittarius goes from November twenty second or so to December twenty third, twenty-second, something mm-hmm. like that. Um optimistic, lover of freedom, hilarious, fair-minded, honest and intellectual, spontaneous and fun, usually with a lot of friends, are perhaps the best conversationalists in the zodiac. Ooh. Mm. Uh, share a need for adventure passion and competition which other signs often find daunting, irritating or intense <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I know people find me irritating faux fo- show
1: and intense <laughs> uh, but I do I think there are some of those things that um, are are characteristic of you as a human. I also think I could probably plug- I, I was just
0: gonna ask like can do any of those describe you? Sure Sure. honest yes definitely a hundred percent so what are yours so you're a libra what is that what so, does that mean so uh
1: libras are the one uh, the the sign is like the scale of balance right like the scales of justice type of thing uh, so it's often said that Libras like balance which i totally do okay. i am definitely that person um libras are known for being charming beautiful and well balanced they thrive on making things orderly and aesthetically pleasing uh, yeah, crave, no, I can see that. yeah for sure Crave balance uh, can be equally as self-indulgent as they are generous. Kings and queens of compromise like making peace between others a thousand percent. Libras crave for attention and will get upset if they are ignored. They are prone to taking extreme measures to be the center of attention. <laughs> and this trait does not serve them well. Like, it's not a good look. Stop trying to get all the attention. Uh, it says, in times when Libras really need help, others might think it's a trick to gain attention. Damn. Mm. Shitty right wow i know hmm
0: can i so on the same website that i'm looking at that i looked up the yeah, Sagittarius yeah, piece. so your strengths uh, cooperative diplomatic gracious fair-minded social i have a few disagreements <laughs> weaknesses indecisive avoids confrontations will carry a grudge self-pity i see the grudge
1: oh yeah oh i will hold a grudge for years
0: Libra likes harmony, gentleness, sharing with others, the outdoors. Libra dislikes violence, injustice, loud mouths, conformity.
1: Loud mouths. A
0: hundred percent on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. And
0: injustice because oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. That and that balance does make sense on that. Why mm-hmm. that's the, I don't know the logo, the Libra logo. I don't know. Yeah, but for yes. Sure. So and so off of these two things. Uh, other than a grudge. <laughs> and balance and harmony. What what do you think rings true for you?
1: Uh, all of that.
0: All of it? Yeah. So you're also indecisive?
1: Oh, yeah. Ah. A thousand percent. I overthink everything. And, and really with simpler things, I think I'm indecisive. Like what are we going to eat for dinner turns into a freaking mm-hmm. three-hour fight because I don't know. Oh, I don't care and then oh so you want this no what the hell you just <laughs> didn't care you obviously care yes uh I'm de- I can be very indecisive um because I want to make sure that I've thought through all the options and I'm not just making a rash decision I want to take my time and do the pros and cons and eh, it can take a- it can be intense exhausting um Gosh. I <laughs> <laughs>
0: um I don't see that as being indecisive I see that as being thorough.
1: I like it. Reframe.
0: Reframing the heck out of that I one. Like Absolutely. But um, yeah, there's a couple that I do think really ring true for you.
1: The, I guess the need for attention one is weird for me because I do, I, I don't in general like a lot of attention. It makes me uncomfortable. And I don't know what to do with it. Um, but in my close circle, I do want attention. Like, I want my husband to pay attention to me. My kids damn more to pay attention <laughs> to me. You know, so there, there's, it's weird. That is a weird one for me.
0: Uh-huh. Um, so one of the other pieces about the Libra that on this particular website, they hate being alone.
1: Is that, I don't see that oh, as being no. you. I, I need to be alone sometimes. I need to yeah. recharge when I get overpeopled. I need time to recharge alone for sure yeah I don't know I don't like that one
0: okay so how much in your life do you I don't want to say depend but how much of this do you pay attention to do you think reflects you like do you read your daily horoscope how often do you call your friend that you mentioned
1: um I do love talking to her and she'll do tarot uh on occasion and and really it's it's kind of like A little bit of a therapy session because whatever cards are pulled it feels like you can apply whatever's happening in your life to those cards and then talk it out and it's nice to have it it's like a template right here's a template for what may be going on you fill in the details and so it it feels more therapeutic to talk about it in that way um and we will have conversations i don't know maybe once a month every every few months or whatever um but i don't it's not like okay i have this giant financial decision to make i'm gonna look at my horoscope to see what i should do definitely not making major life decisions based on it but i will say that on occasion when it has felt super chaotic in my life i may hmm, i'm just gonna see what the horoscope says just see if that helps me to sort out any of what i'm thinking or feeling what about you
0: Much of the same. Okay. I don't read it on a daily, but I have actually spent money on someone who was looking over my chart, like Mm. when I was born, the time I was born, um, what city, just to get that exact pinpoint of me as a human in this world. Mm. Um, and what they had to say, so this, I did this, don't, don't age me here. Mm -hmm. I did this about 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and one of the things she said, and this is a self-disclosure for our all 10 of our uh, listeners, she said, "You know, you really shouldn't worry so much about the depression as you should at the anxiety in your life." And wow. at the time, I was like, what the what the hell are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. And then as I got older and moving back here really triggered some things, and made some of the anxiety really pop out. Mm. Uh, then I look back on it sometimes when I'm, you know, just I catch myself sometimes when I'm dealing with my anxiety, going like, you know, damn, <laughs> she was actually kind of right. Mm-hmm. And at at once it, I don't know, it cal- it not calms me, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, I'm 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 also like, well, but how much could that be true for a lot of people?
1: Fair. And to that point, I do think there are people who are just more intuitive. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. I think there are people who have that as a gift, who if they're sharing it and using something like tarot or astrology to guide that intuition as they talk to someone, I do think you could pull some real things out of there. And also, there are probably, if you ask, you know, a hundred people, do you have anxiety? (laughs) You know, how many are going to say, yeah, actually I do.
0: So... No, but you're totally right. in in that, I do know people who are gifted. Mm-hmm. and I trust in them. I know them, and I trust in them. And I, my form of belief for that is based on, well, we're all energy. Everything is energy. Mm. and they have this like extra special antenna that gets sure. to grasp some some of this energy. And then not only do they have that antenna, They have the inner computer in their brain to kind of interpret what that Mm -hmm. energy means. And so I guess you could parallel that horoscopes, astrology, the planets Mm -hmm. are energy. Sure. And so that if you're born within this energy.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: But do you think think it's more where you're, when you're born or more when, (laughs) don't think about your parents, but when you're created and the energy around that creation?
1: Oh no, I think it's born. Okay. Born on date. (laughs) Born on date for sure. True story. So my friend that I'm talking about who I love, hi Um, she did this when I was divorced and I was going through a whole thing and I was dating horrible choices in men and all that. You were there. You remember, mm-hmm. yeah. um She did this whole thing, and it was like I, I had met this guy who was actually not a loser. Not uh, he like there was potential there. This could be a thing, right? He he m- checked all the boxes, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Ooh, we'll find out when his birthday is, and let's do this whole thing." It's like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. So do the whole thing. She does this this whole chart thing, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you guys are a good match. Like a super good match. This is ridiculous." And she goes to this whole thing and. You know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We were not a great match. (laughs) It was awful, actually. Not awful. It just, it was not, there was no connection. There was no, it was not a thing. It was just not a thing. At the end of the day, not a thing. He checked the boxes on paper, but emotionally not a thing. Um, So whatever. I didn't, you know, I didn't fire her as my friend and confidant. We moved on years later. I meet my husband, mm-hmm. my husband now. Same birthday as what? the dude. I swear, same birthday as the previ- as the dude. So I think it was just the wrong human with that same birthday. But now I have the right human with that birthday.
0: What? Yeah, I'm serious. True story. Birthday twins and complete, well, maybe not complete opposites, but...
1: Yeah, that just wasn't the one. That wasn't the one. Fascinating. Uh-huh.
0: I have not really looked into... The compatibility between myself and my partner, a.k.a. the executive producer of the show.
1: On the next episode
0: of the Podcast. (laughs) Let's just check to see. And it's partially because, so I I do believe and have a little bit of faith in it. And also, I don't want to read where we're not compatible because I don't want to put weight on it like I don't want to I don't want my brain to go like oh it's because we're not compatible this mm, way
1: fair yeah I'm a little
0: bit negative in that in that way okay so I I haven't really looked at it but you you looked into how we are compatible
1: I did and it a, and not. I'll tell you mm. uh, Libra and Sagittarius are a great long-term match oh. accordingly a Libra and Sagittarius relationship has a strong base for long-term success once these signs commit and find solids a solid sense of trust and balance their passion and compatibility will keep them burning bright for years to come and here we are on episode 29 so I think that that's really a thing
0: uh, agreed I looked into um, Libra and Sagittarius as well and on the site that I was looking at one of the things that stood out for your type my type um, in terms of trust <laughs> the, <laughs> oh god oh <laughs> They can go to both extremes, having either unrealistic faith in each other or mistrusting every word and every action that is made.
1: Wow. Yeah, I'm going to say I have unrealistic faith in you. So you better not disappoint (laughs) me. Don't fuck up. Do not fuck it up because you'll be dead to me and it'll be awful.
0: But that, okay, so that is a, I don't know if it's a Libra, but it's definitely a Charlene trait that you're like, okay, I see you, you're you're on my radar, the longer you're in my planetary gravity the more that i can build on this but the moment that you jump off the tightrope, you do you're you are dead to me would you say that's pretty accurate oh yeah a thousand percent Mm
1: -hmm, mm um i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little experiment okay here we go i'm gonna read uh our horoscopes for today but Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna tell you whose is whose and i want you to guess oh my god okay okay here we go um The first one is, be careful that you don't avoid doing something simply because you don't know which way to go. To cure your restlessness, you should think about going on a short trip. Travel will most certainly help alleviate any worries about a certain situation. The answer you seek will come more easily. So that's one. Okay. The other is, stop your pondering over something and do it. This is a day to be spontaneous and adventurous. Although this may feel a bit foreign and assist your usual grounded nature, it would be a good idea to take this time to do something on a whim and see where it takes you. Don't be afraid of the unknown. The future is an exciting concept because it's unknown. Embrace it.
0: Okay, they're not that different from one another. I know. (laughs) One is just being more explicit about bouncing and taking a trip and the other one is like, go seek adventure, Mm -hmm. AKA go go, go on a trip. Mm Um, I would say, though, that the first one is the Sagittarius, the second one is a Libra. No. No?
1: No. And I will be, fi- I'll tell you that I omitted the first sentence of each one, mm-hmm. because I think you're right. They're super similar. But this first sentence sort of plugs you in and tells you, like, it sets the tone for mm-hmm. what you should expect. So the first one says, indecisiveness may plague you today, Libra. And then goes uh-huh. into the take a trip, cure your restlessness, blah, blah, blah. So it's setting the tone for that. And then the next one, the Sagittarius one, stop your pondering over something and do it Sagittarius. So it's it names who they're talking to. So again, I think it's, if you are reading this and you already have a general idea of what it means to be one of these signs, you're already putting your background knowledge into the understanding of the rest of the
0: horoscope. So... The horoscopes to me can be boiled down to this. Libra, run away from your problems. Sagittarius, shit or get off the pot. <laughs> right. Which could be indecisiveness. Right. it could That could be yeah. just about anybody because every, any given day of the week, mm-hmm. of the year, of of our lives, there is something going on and decisions that have to be made. Absolutely. Whether it's something as trivial as what do I wear tonight on this date mm-hmm. or something as heavy as should we buy this house? Sure. So yeah, that can be, that could be a horoscope for, you could have just picked that for Capricorn Aquarius. Right. And so that's, that's part of my shaky belief in this planetary nest because I feel like that could apply to anyone.
1: Exactly. And and again, I do think we bring like with everything, we bring in our own background knowledge and bias and experience into what we do and think and read and believe. And astrology relies very heavily on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the end of the day. Are you still gonna call your friend and get some consejo, maybe maybe not advice, but like just enlightenment. I'm gonna call her when okay. you leave here. Okay. <laughs> Should I trust her? I don't know. What do you think?
1: Now I know. Now I know. I've been putting undue faith in you as a human.
0: Not going to lie. I I am going to continue to have my shaky superstitious beliefs in this because I do still feel like we are all energy and sometimes we just need a little help deciphering what this energy means and maybe other energies in the world can help us with that deciphering.
1: Yep. Agreed
0: whether you call that Christianity and praying or whether you call that your horoscope.
1: Or counseling. Or hello, counseling (laughs) appointment in the near future. Yeah, all that. It's it's a lot.
0: Do you feel more enlightened now?
1: Less. (laughs) Less. (laughs) I feel better
0: about our long-lasting trusty distrust relationship. Okay, I do
1: like that, yeah. Good, good, good. We'll stick with that.
0: So you are listening to the Bocha podcast at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation and planetariness. I'm Kat.
1: <laughs> I'm Charlene.
0: And Charlene, I know that um, we are not in an even year. No. But we are, we're almost like doing a retro 2020 throwback for the Olympics.
1: Yes, it's the 2020 plus one Tokyo Olympics right (laughs) now. Plus Yeah. It brought
0: its plus one. (laughs) It brought its plus one.
1: Um, They are a perfect match for each other as far as we know, Uh, both causing havoc wherever they go. Uh, My daughter was, we were watching something, she's like, why does it say 2020? And we had to explain, well, you know, they probably spent millions of dollars on signage and all this (laughs) other stuff and they can just, you know, go put some duct tape on the zero and I mean, they should have. I would have. Uh, yes. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> that's funny that she cut on to that. Mm-hmm. And and everywhere that I have looked, it has been like the 2020 Olympics in 2021. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what they should have done is put it, just painted on an asterisk. Was that a
1: bird? A bird just hit the oh. death, yeah. yeah, the Olympics are like age ain't nothing but a number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fine.
0: So we are doing the 2020 Olympics. In the same place that they were supposed to be in 2020, in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, but we but we are in 2021. Yeah. Because that just happens in a pandemic.
1: Because planetary fuckery.
0: <laughs> there was a lot of <laughs> planetary fuckery that's been happening over the past 18 months. Yeah. Or more. So, question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you watch it? Do, do you um, get into it?
1: I do. You know, as with most sports, sporting events, uh, I am intrigued by the story of an athlete love an underdog love the stories about how people came to be at this point in their lives where they are one of the greatest um representing a country or you know particular region I I just I something about that fascinates me so yes on occasion I will watch Um, We don't have regular TV right now, like we don't have cable, so we've kind of had to catch whatever streaming stuff we can Mm, on occasion, mm. which is usually like the highlights, which is sort of the the USA remix, like here's who won all the things. Um, But I have been trying to read up on some of the, or or I'll catch it in my social media feed to see some of the other really interesting stuff that's gone on.
0: Okay, and then who do you cheer for?
1: It depends. I think it depends. Um,
0: Because you just said underdog in that... That's not always the US, but in some some sporting events it yeah, is. Yeah,
1: some sporting events it is. Um I don't know. I will cheer for the US. I like to cheer for Mexico um other Latin American countries. I don't know. It it usually I like again, I like the story when they're like, "Oh, this Brazilian team has only, you know, seen the light of day twice in the last 2 years." I don't know. Whatever <laughs> it is, I just I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> they must win." Yeah, uh, the
0: Jamaican bobsled team.
1: That. Yes, okay. the Disney yeah. movie. I want the Disney movie. That's what I want. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I I think I think it's safe to say that we in in certain generations, we grew up with the Olympics because it wasn't it wasn't before uh, who could pay more to have it televised. Mm-hmm. It just used to be shared across the three major networks. That, sure. You know, just some took gymnastics, some took swimming, some took, I don't know curling curling whatever it is curling is
1: fascinating right
0: um so if you are of a certain age and older it might be ingrained into your life because you couldn't go to a channel without it being on somewhere
1: yeah you wanted to watch a show sorry the olympics are on exactly like everything
0: was just put on hold for a month and whatever straight up and and you could, not only was it on TV, it was like you were red, white, and blueing it at every corner store with every soda pop, with every mm, meal, fair. chanclas, everything was all sorts of red, white, and blueness mm-hmm. when we were growing up.
1: I I had forgotten that, I think. But you're right. There was this whole sort of patriotism, like... We're playing. Like our team, whatever mm-hmm. it was, curling or boxing or whatever you were into, our team is playing mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a country. And our we team. had to
0: rally around that. Yeah. And so something that, um, I don't want to say that it's particular to this area, but it was definitely, you could definitely see that f- uh, there were some people who were re- rooting for two teams, or there was a certain extra orgullo of, I'm... I'm in the US now and so I can't root for that team. Or at least that's that was my experience growing up in in hmm. El Paso in the borderlands. So I too like a good underdog story. Mm-hmm. I too like a good Disney story. Mm-hmm. I love reading and seeing about teams that have less resources yeah. than the top teams. So the United States, this, uh, former Soviet union, but now Russia, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the Western countries basically who have a lot more money to spend on mm-hmm. resources for their, um, athletes. And so I do root for the underdog in some situations like, yes, I would love to see team USA well represented, but not just in terms of the medals please don't act a fool while you are representing us. <laughs> Appreciate that. I remember there was one Olympics where this, I believe it was the swim team acting a, a damn team. fool.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, no, please don't. Please yeah. don't. Behave in the Olympic garden.
0: Try. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to root for team Mexico as much as possible, but also any of the Latine yeah. teams that come around. Um, Cause not everybody has that opportunity. And some countries that do participate, participate in like five things. Cause that's, what they have the resources for. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you know that this year, uh, the 2020 plus one Olympics, the International Olympic Committee actually set out to make this the most gender equal Olympic Games that has ever happened in the past. How, so how did they do that? Do you know? they? So they tried several things. They added 18 new events Ooh, okay. that would bring in more female competition. Mm-hmm. They established... Um, more mixed gender competition. So like relay races where there's men and women competing at the same time, different things like that. And they actually, so now this year, women make up 49% of the participants in the Olympics, which has not been a thing in the past.
0: And this Olympics was very out about having people who uh, were transgender. So there mm-hmm. there, ha- there, are some transgender um, athletes who are involved in the Olympics and I'm incredibly as a queer person incredibly happy to see that there's also a greater percentage of out we know that there were some queer athletes in the past they just couldn't be out about it
1: and in some countries they still can't be
0: true so yes, right there are some countries you get beheaded or whatever put in jail so um do you have any favorite Mm -hmm. competitions
1: I don't know about competitions, but I have some some people that I'm I'm Ooh, okay. following that I'm feeling excited about. Um, so there's a, like we were talking about countries with less resources, right? Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. a swimmer, Paula Perez. Um, she's from Venezuela. She actually had to start a GoFundMe several months ago to be able to just make it to a place where she could compete and get to Tokyo and all of that. So through wow. a GoFundMe, she's now swimming in the olympics which is amazing go venezuela go team venezuela um there's another woman yuli Rojas, who broke a wor- world record for a triple jump she jumped 15.67 meters which uh isn't a full meter ahead of the world record but almost like pretty close like mm-hmm. half a meter beyond which to jump is that's a lot right that's a lot um she's the first olympic gold medalist from venezuela ever yes yeah a woman go. so go her Uh, there's a there are a couple weightlifters which weightlifting just trips me out like i can you know i can barely help bring the couch in or (laughs) what like you know move furniture and shit so weightlifting just trips me out
0: right i'm just the best i can do is like curls of my drink exactly so
1: weightlifting trips me out and you know historically has not been a female Mm -hmm. sport so it really interests me um one of them is her name is nisi I don't know how to pronounce it. D-A-J-O-M-E-S. That's her last name. Okay. Um, first woman to win a gold medal for Ecuador. She lifted 580 pounds. That's okay. like an elephant. Yeah, I no, don't know. Pic-
0: picture that. 580 yeah. pounds is like um, three, hu- uh, what, quote unquote, normal humans or so. More. S- 500. Okay. I'm not mathing well,
1: but yeah. Oh my God. It's a shitload of weight. 580 pounds almost 600 pounds she lifted so uh, amazing and then
0: a quarter of a ton
1: thank you a quarter of a ton what the hell
0: that's a yugo she lifted a yugo
1: (laughs) she lifted a smart car you know yeah huge wow huge um and this is this chick is funny if you have not seen sarah robles she's from california um weightlifter she has an instagram it's so funny follow her she's funny sarah robles um first woman to win two olympic weightlifting medals and the first american to win multiple olympic weightlifting medals in the last 57 years and she's funny like funny the stuff she posts she's just like yep i'm just out here doing it like just out here (laughs) lifting shit like funny so uh those are some of the people that i thought man they really stand out um I know you were talking about a few people that had like connect- borderland connections. So,
0: yes. Um, I I always get curious to see what the borderland connections are. And by borderland, to be explicit, I'm thinking like New Mexico, mm-hmm. El Paso, mm-hmm. and Mexico, right? So there was uh, a swimmer who didn't quite make it but is still part of Team USA, William Torres, out of mm-hmm. El Paso. S- grew up in El Paso, but then his parents moved him to austin so that he could further his swim career um and he has medaled in like the pan-american olympics Mm -hmm. and and otherwise but um just wanted to follow where he was going with it uh so skating skateboarding yeah is an olympic event for the first time so like not x games we've seen x games for like over a decade now Mm -hmm. and i'm not like x games is less than or anything but just that skateboarding is an official Olympic event. And there was an Albuquerque street skater, female, uh, Mariah Duran, who competed. She didn't medal, but it was still amazing Mm. to see Mariah just, because most people don't even remember that New Mexico is a state. Right. Just to see her out there competing. And she has her own uh, skates through Meow Skateboards. Nice. Um, And they are incredible and beautiful one is has a artistry of the Sandia Mountains from Albuquerque area oh, I love on it. that beautiful um and like you I do love the underdog story um there was a weightlifter I know we were talking just talking about weightlifting and how interesting it is but um there's a weightlifter out of the Philippines who won gold and it was the first gold medal that the Philippines has had oh, wow and a woman who won this. So I'm I'm gonna take a take a try at her name. Hedeline Diaz from okay. the Philippines, won gold medal. And then there was a boxer that captured my heart. Um, mm-hmm. First name was Nesty. Hold on just a second. Nesty Pet- Petesio of the Philippines. Um, Medaled in boxing, and the reason that I was looking out for this one, and that, or that it even captured my attention, was that when uh, when she was talking to the media about meddling, um, one of the things that she had said was, um, "This is a medal for the LGBTQ community because she's an out queer woman, mm-hmm. and for mm. someone to say that from what is considered a third world country." Yes. Whose president of that country is very, has said some very, very, very vile things about the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And also for a country that has very heavy, very heavy Catholic and Muslim influence mm. to be so completely open and honest about who they are. And, and one of the reasons that they are competing was just beautiful. Yeah. So mad, mad props to the Philippines, for two amazing athletes love that. um and then another borderline connection so this has nothing to do with athletes per se <laughs> but it is a borderline connection okay so previously so ralph lauren has been doing the outfits for years mm-hmm. right and normally the outfits are very like social club
1: for usa s- team usa okay specifically mm-hmm. right
0: social club polos and hats and very the country thing. club. Very, yeah. Very country club look. Mm-hmm. So they've, um, incorporated denim into their look to have more of a street ish type look, especially mm. with some of the like skateboarding, the newer, um, oh,
1: the, the newer,
0: uh, sporting events that are included in the Olympics. And, the manufacturing for the denim for team usa is out of el paso
1: yay so
0: i am incredibly happy that the borderlands is in is on people's clothing is that people are wearing it and you can buy it although not gonna lie i looked at it that shit's expensive
1: Mm -hmm. Woo! how much
0: it was like a hundred and thirty dollars for like a ja- for pantaloons and two hundred dollars for a jacket. The hoodies were like eighty dollars, and okay, maybe some folks listen of our ten listeners, <laughs> some of y'all might be able to afford that. But I was like, whoa, that's right, that's a hefty chunk of change. I'll will, wait for it to go on sales.
1: Will they be at TJ Maxx exactly next year?
0: <laughs> but they are cool, like. Whoever their designer is within Ralph Lauren, they are they, cool. they have some cool stuff that is appealing and not just country nice. club look. Because before it was like, who wears that? Mm. A guy named Blaine. Now mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I could yeah, I could see myself in that.
1: Nice, I like that. So,
0: so borderline connections Love in it. there.
1: Okay, I see it. The other thing that fascinated me a little bit and that I've been so with this whole talk about more gender inclusivity, um, and just all-around inclusivity, I, I've i been following some of these athletes. There are a few pregnant athletes, which oh snap, fascinates me because as a pregnant person, I didn't want to get up off of the couch several times throughout my pregnancy. <laughs> <in laughs> At the very beginning, it was because I was so freaking tired. Mm-hmm. It was like I had taken a sleeping pill. I was so tired. And then towards the end, you're just, you know, can't move because yeah size issues there's a parasite living in your body oh. it's a lot um so yes there's this person this woman named Lindsay flack competing for the usa in the heptathlon so 10 sports that right. you do uh-huh, uh-huh. 18 weeks pregnant noticeably pregnant i mean because she's you know she's, super yeah. fit you can see that there's a human living in her body mm-hmm. uh she did limit her performance and this is her third attempt at the olympics which she said obviously she did not plan to be pregnant at this time but it is what it is she's happy about the pregnancy and so she gave it her best she gave it her all she did uh, only one high jump attempt ran 100 meters out of the 800 meter event did only one attempt at the shot put and the long jump but she i mean she did it at an olympic level like this woman is 18 weeks pregnant she could kick my ass at any of these events. Oh
0: my god, yes.
1: As a non-pregnant person. So that fascinated me. Wow. And then there's uh there's a, a Paralympic competitor named Laura Webster. She competes in um, sitting volleyball. Okay. She's pregnant and a mom of three and is saying not even talking about her disability, not even talking about the fact that she's a Paralympic athlete, but saying that one of the major barriers for her was childcare. How do I compete as an athlete and have childcare for my three kids? So this woman is a Paralympic athlete and pregnant. Not even complaining about any of that. Saying who's going to take care of the other kids? Oh, so fascinatingly, I went down a rabbit hole and found she got a ten thousand dollar grant to help with childcare from a fund that was set up by the Women's Sports Association or Women's Sports Foundation and the brand Athleta. Um. Allison Felix, who you might remember, was a gold medalist, helped to start this fund after Nike, who was one of her sponsors, wouldn't pay her during her maternity leave. She's like, I'm still working. I'm still repping the brand. Like, how could you not pay me during my maternity leave? Which they have since changed their policies because of her. But she started this fund to help mom athletes be able to not have to Decide: do I want to compete and be a top-level athlete or be a mom? She's trying to help people who can and want to do that do both, which I find fascinating and absolutely love it.
0: I'm going to put you on pause right there just to say that tangentially, Allison has been popping up on my brain radar because she, um, having been a pregnant person, Had some issues with her pregnancy and has since taken up the fight on maternal mortality rates Mm. with because she's a black woman with black um, black mamas and black pregnant people. So that's how she's been popping up on my 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 mental radar uh, as a track field athlete as a parent, Mm -hmm. doing this advocacy work. And then now to find out that she's like, and then my superhero cape extends another eight feet because...
1: I'm pulling up other people mm -hmm, with me. mm -hmm. I'm not just doing this for me. I'm pulling up other people who are in my situation or situations that I can't even imagine. So mad props to Allison Felix. Love that. And that does bring up a lot of
0: thought processes around, around Olympics. Because I think... Speaking for myself, I think that when I would just look at it from my younger years until, you know, I don't know how recent that I was cognizant of it, but I just kind of thought like, oh, but Olympic athletes have, have it made, they have sponsorships or someone pays, someone pays them. Right. And that's not the case. Not the case. One of the things that popped up for me several years ago is there's an athlete for speed skating, a black athlete for speed skating who used to be a roller derby player was having a fundraiser through their, uh, their roller derby skate brand mm-hmm. selling shirts so that her trainer, who was her dad, can go with her to the Olympics. And oh she qualified, gosh. you know, some she was an amazing athlete and this is just to say that she was able to qualify in, in, in a less amount of time of training for ice speed skating than some other athletes do. And so that, that along with, you know, Allison uh, Alison Felix and other things like, wow, they just don't get paid for doing this. Yep. Like if you win, if you're lucky enough to exactly. win, then maybe you have the Wheaties sponsorship or maybe you have clothing or what have you, but otherwise you have to do a lot of the work mm-hmm. And your, and your family or your support system has to do a lot of work to help get you to that point Mm -hmm. with the trainer, with, you know, starting from a younger age, um, to get where you're at. And it's harder depending on the kind of sport that you do, right? Like gym, gymnastics is, there's probably a lot more monetarily that goes into the training than other sports might have. So where do they get that support along the way?
1: Yeah. It's, and, you know, and if you're having to work for that monetary support while you're training, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to expect of a human. Um, it's a lot. So good on you, athletes. Good on you.
0: And that, I think, kind of segues over to one of the bigger stories that has come out about mm-hmm. about the Olympics, like how hard you have to work
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, mentally as well as physically. Mm-hmm. And that's the story around Simone Biles.
1: Oh, yes. It brings up oh. so many emotions. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What are your thoughts?
0: So as background, if you haven't, if you're not as aware about the Olympics and haven't read into it. So Simone Biles pulled out of team, uh, the gymnastics team, uh, um, try, I get not trials, but just the, uh, the, the team uh, instead of the individual qualifying events, the team event. There you go. And um, she had stated that there were some some mental things that were happening in her life and just needed the space on it because competing. And as you kind of dig further and further into it, um, one is, and that I didn't know about Simone Biles, So is wait, that, pause. Okay, so pause.
1: while she pulls out, mm-hmm. people, not Olympians... Random ass Joe Schmo who has a podcast or a radio talk show or a, a newspaper article or whatever, are talking mad shit about how she let the country down, about how she's not the greatest of all time, if she can't even handle a little bit of pressure. So the world is now eyes on Simone. And shitting on her. Shitting on her for for stepping back. Right. Yes, and and saying, What about these other athletes? What about these other gymnasts who have literally played or or competed with broken bones and all of these harsh circumstances? They did it. What the hell's wrong with you? You're not really the greatest of all time if you can't just get up there and do your job.
0: Right. And there's a lot of comparison to Carrie Strug, who uh, in in a previous Olympic, she was a gymnast as well, um, had like a messed up ankle. I, I don't honestly remember exactly to the mm-hmm. extent her injury mm-hmm. was um but still competed in the vault and stuck the landing right. blah 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 for for a gold medal for the team which is it know.
1: turns out she didn't even need that to get the gold she stopped that at the time and they let her compete on a broken whatever just putting that out there too okay. and
0: and then had to retire afterwards because her body just couldn't anymore yeah <sighs> okay so um simone biles so things that we didn't know and this is one of those planetary fuckery opening up the onion um and and to quote you in in previous uh um sayings that you've had in your life is you don't know my life so Mm -hmm. what, what we didn't know and what was going on under the surface was like one uh and a very big piece when, um, there was that doctor who was exposed for having, uh, molested Dr. Nasser, having molested, mm-hmm. um, hu- over a hundred athletes, yeah. female gymnasts, um, Simone Biles was one of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, so an individual who has had that kind of trauma and then coming to terms with it on their own, mm-hmm. in their own time, and then... Having to relive that trauma in ways that we can't quite understand and, and mm-hmm. grasp, but with the Olympics, it, you know, things probably popped up and were triggered that didn't didn't weren't triggered before. Mm-hmm. So that's one part of the the puzzle. Um, the other part is um, when we push athletes to do their best, the reality is that and And this was something that I had read, so I, this is not an original thought by by m- m- me, but um, it was something that I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, I could totally see that. When we're looking at Carrie Strug, and yes, they didn't need that vault to to make gold for the team, but the coaches push so hard. Mm-hmm and whatever happens to the athletes after, if they have to retire, mm-hmm. if their body still can compete or, or won't be able to compete anymore because of injuries and everything, they still have a job. Yep. These athletes who, again, they're not making money necessarily off of being an athlete, they're making money off of the sponsorships, which sometimes does not compensate their time. Um, they're being let go and put out to pasture, essentially. Yep. And the coaches who push them so hard to have to to represent the country or otherwise, they're happy and whatever. I still get to go on next, a, and yeah, next next athlete. Yep. come on in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very, very, very unfair to our athletes, right? Yep. And and the thing that I think that people not a generalization, but I think some people cannot wrap their mind around is, and it's maybe because you have not competed or they have not competed, but there's a difference between competing with an injury and competing with just, uh, 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 I can't reach for the word. Maybe you can think of it for me because that's where my brain is at, but there's a difference when you're trying to compete and give your all, um, and give it at a level where you're not broken mentally or otherwise.
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, and she's come out and spoken and said it was a mental block. She mm-hmm. was afraid she would freeze up midair and hurt herself and hurt the team because it was a team event. So she's not only looking out for her own best interests, but trying to support her team and all that they had worked for. Fortunately, I feel like her coaches, maybe we've made some progress in the land of push till you can't push anymore um, and supported her decision. Her teammates supported her decision. Mm -hmm. But holy shit, this young woman, she's 24, had the maturity and the self-awareness to say, I am going to step back because of whatever because it's not good for me to move forward period Mm -hmm. and I I just feel like if the last few years have taught us nothing (laughs) I mean like if you have not paid attention to racial uprisings to the Me Too movement to these trials of these men who were in power positions over these young women or actors or whatever if you have not paid attention to any of that i i mean i don't know what to say um i will say that the bravery that she showed is an example that i want my not just myself but my daughter our daughters to be able to follow to say it's okay to know when it's enough only you can know that Only you can know when it's enough. Um, Is she still the greatest of all time? It doesn't discount the rest of her medals. She's still one of the most decorated gymnasts of all time. It doesn't erase that. Right. And in fact, she went on to get to win a bronze after this and said it meant more to her than her golds.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: that in itself is just, I think we need to, well, I won't speak for the planet. (laughs) <laughs> all ten of you listening. It opens my mind and emotional space to understand that people are complex. We talk about this all the time. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. How many things went into that moment where she said, "I, I can't." And going back to um, her, you know, the predecessor that she's being compared to they're sh- you watch the video now they are handing her broken body over to her violator handing her over mm-hmm. to the doctor who's been molesting yep. her for years have we learned better i fucking hope so so I'll, i don't know it it sums up all of these lessons that these last few years we should be paying attention to believe black women listen to black women me too support survivors all of that it all just comes to up the the pinnacle for me she is now the poster child for that moment of Mm know when it's enough and and be able to to say and I I hope she's gotten a ton of support I've, I've seen people you know um really appreciating that she was able to do this because it took a lot of strength it took a lot of strength and all that to say i think the lesson here for me is that strength can look like sacrificing your body for a sport that means everything to you and choosing not to risk that because your mental health means more to you in that moment it can look like both of those things
0: damn that's powerful yes i hope we have learned i i do want to add on because this this just touched my soul. She did an interview where she's talking about being a survivor and, um, and I'll paraphrase, but her words were so, so powerful. Um, she said, I gave my body. I gave everything I had for Mm -hmm. this sport, for this team, for the Olympic team. Mm -hmm. And they had one job to protect me and Mm -hmm. they didn't. Ooh, and I was like, you know what, spot on, because yep. they didn't, and yep. I hope we have learned something. Yeah,
1: I mean, and I, I will speak as a person who is a sexual assault survivor, and I will say that people who are in that unfortunate club know what it's like to have your choices taken from you. Mm-hmm. She took her choice back. And uh, good on you. Um, I hope we can all learn something from this and I, I feel like a proud mama. I don't even know her and I don't even follow gymnastics, but I hope her mama feels super proud of her and that she feels proud of herself and that other people watching can gain some, some power back in that.
0: Right. We laud athletes so much and like telling your kids like, be like, be like Mike or be, you know, Michael, Michael Jordan, or be like X and Y and Z, but also like be like Simone, know when is when. Yep. Be like, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on the the tennis player who uh, who just needed Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka, be like Naomi, yep. like, know when is when for yourself. So, yeah,
1: <gasps> whoo, oh, lord,
0: whoa we went knee deep into the Olympics, everything.
1: Oh, we didn't even talk about the clothing there's all kinds of shit about having what you should wear what you can't wear I don't want to wear the little bikini because it's giving me a wedgie every time I try to compete and all all the things so much happening with the olympics cat I uh I'm glad we had this conversation yes indeed and
0: I hope that uh you all listening are enjoying us and maybe even enjoying some of the olympics as you're watching
1: yeah, and if you are listening, um, we haven't had a rating in a while. Like we haven't had anyone even give us like a bad rating on uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. I don't give us a bad. rating. I mean, don't give us a bad rating. But um, you know, if you if you are if you're bored over the weekend and you you see our podcast come across your feed, um, give us a little rating. Hopefully, five stars. But whatever you, whatever you can do.
0: And tell a friend.
1: Tell several friends.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. We'd appreciate that as well.
1: We want to grow with you, with your friends, and that way
0: you and your friends and your family have something to talk about too. Like, oh, that's Charlene. Can you believe she said... That Libra, holy shit. She's just stubborn and holds bitch. a grudge. Yeah, all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where can they talk back to us if they want to? Yes,
1: find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also just send us a good old email at podcast at gmail.com. Um, and you can listen to us all the places you find podcasty goodness.
0: And you can definitely listen to us on the 15th and the 30th, even if occasionally it is a remix, but we try our best. Yes. Even, even in times of planet fuckery to bring the Bocha podcast to you, the Bocha podcast, which is at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Bye.